Okay, this is Professor Tofano, and we're going to talk about Chapter 3, Presenting Your First Speech, Public Speaking Handbook, 6th uh, edition. So Chapter 3, Presenting Your First Speech. Uh, in most cases, your first speech in any of my courses will be the personal experience speech. It is a maximum of four minutes. So you may present it live in class. It may be presented via Zoom on the Internet, or you could also be recording it on a YouTube and us watching, or me even watching, a YouTube video of you speaking. But that is your first speech followed by your second speech, the informative speech, and then after that there's two persuasive speeches. So it says here, uh, learning objectives are two learning objectives. Explain why it's important to be audience-centered during each step of the speech-making process. And then secondly, describe and discuss the eight steps the audience-centered of the of the audience-centered speech-making process, the eight steps. Okay, and then the outline here, it says, uh, consider your audience. Gather and analyze information about your audience. Consider the cultural diversity of your audience. Uh, secondly, audience-centered uh, speech-making process. Select and narrow your topic. Determine your purpose, develop your central idea, generate the main ideas, gather supporting material, organize your speech, rehearse your speech, and deliver your speech. Those are the eight steps. There's a pinwheel, a colorful pinwheel, you'll see throughout the book. And on page 27, there is, uh, under figure 3.1, um, that pinwheel that I'm referring to that has the speech-making process. Okay, so first, consider your audience on page 26. I'll do my best to remember to occasionally throw out the page number. Um, sometimes I do forget. So it says here, consider your audience. Explain why it's important to be audience-centered during each step of the speech-making process. Why should the central focus of public speaking be audience rather than perhaps topic selection or research? The simple truth is that your audience influences the topic you choose in every latter step of the speech-making process. In a real sense, your audience writes the speech. Think of the first step of speech-making less as a step something you do once and then move on to the next step and more like the beginning of a continuous process. Whether pondering what to speak about or delivering your concluding remarks, we suggest that you never stop thinking about the reasons that you are speaking to communicate to your audience, so the reasons that you are speaking. So anytime you speak, you have a purpose in mind, you have a goal in mind, and so for the first speech, the goal would be for your audience to get to understand you, to know you, to get to like you, to be able to identify with your personal experience. And then we move on to the informative speech, and your goal is to provide information to your audience that is useful to them. Usually it's an interesting way to think about something that maybe they've heard about before, but it's more as a teacher would teach and that's kind of how you kind of you approach the informative speech. It is uh, not directed towards uh, one opinion or another. It is uh, as neutral as you can, presenting your information, uh, non-opinionated. And then you have two persuasive speeches that is opinionated, and you will take a position on uh, various public policies, and then you will try to convince people that your view or your perspective on a public policy is the best and you will try to um, influence people to join you in making positive changes to that policy. And that will be part of um, what the speeches that we'll do later on in the semester. So, to uh, gather and analyze information about your audience, 
To be audience-centered, you need to first identify and then analyze information about your listeners. So you want to know something about the people who you'll be speaking to. In theory, um, the more you know, the more that you could uh, target the specific audience members, the listeners, uh, to, to your message. And then you could fine-tune that message based upon gathering the information. So you have a speaker, and then you have a message, and then you have an audience. And so uh, all of those three have to work together. And so you must do the best you can to know as much about the audience as possible. The audience-centered speech-making process, it says here, uh, describe and discuss the eight steps. So first, select and narrow your topic. So uh, for your first topic, it will be a personal experience. For your second topic, it will be uh, a, a public policy that you will inform us on. For your third speech, it's a persuasive speech, it will be a public policy topic that you will try to convince us to agree with your perspective on. And then the fourth one, again, would be the same uh, persuasive type of speaking. However, it will be a pro-con, meaning uh, one student will take a one side of an argument and another student that will be a partner will take the other side of the argument. That will be the pro-con. So first, select an area of your topic. Secondly, determine your purpose. Your general purpose is the overarching goal of your speech. And there are three general overarching goals, to inform, to persuade, or to entertain. Then next, determine your specific purpose. In a concise statement, indicate what your listeners uh, should be able to do, remember, or feel by the time you get finished. So every time you speak, you should be able to have the specific purpose. So by the end of my speech my listeners will be able to do something, they will be able to remember something, they'll be able to feel something. And it may happen that all three of those are occurring depending the kind of speech that you have. So, for instance, if you have an informative speech, we're not trying to modify or change behavior. But if you're doing a persuasive speech, we do want to modify or change behavior. That would be a specific purpose. So, next, we move on to developing your central idea. You should now be able to write a central idea for your speech. Whereas your statement of a specific purpose indicates what you want your audience to do when you have finished your speech, your central idea identifies the essence of your message. Think of it as one-sentence summary of your speech. If you met someone in the elevator after your speech and the person asked you to summarize your speech as you travel between floors, you should be able to state your central idea. Okay? Makes sense generate main ideas. Once you have an appropriate topic, a specific purpose, a well-worded central idea on paper, the next step is to identify your main ideas. These are the major divisions in your speech. Um, so your time limit, your topic, your time limit, and the information you glean from your research will determine how many main ideas that you have. Um, again, you're going to have to take a look at your time constraints, but if you're going to have a uh, four-minute speech, maybe one main idea, two max. Uh, if you go to the informative, I would say maybe three, four max. And then again, when you get to persuasive speech, probably three or four max. And basically, you have a time limit based upon the information that you want to present. You don't want to overload your audience, but you want to get to the point, uh, present information that uh, clarifies your ideas. Next, gather supporting material. With your main idea or your ideas in mind, your next job is to gather material to support them. 
So you'll need facts, examples, definitions, quotations from other people that illustrate, amplify, clarify, or provide evidence. So that is very, very important uh, to provide evidence. Now for the first speech, because it's a personal experience, you don't really need um, evidence uh, because we're going to just, you're going to tell us a story. It's going to be your story. It's going to be a narrative. And we have no reason to believe that you're not telling us something that is reliable. Then once we move on to the informative and persuasive speeches, you will need to provide um, examples. Um, you have to provide uh, facts, statistics, and uh, expert opinions to back up your ideas. Next, we move on, move on to organizing your speech. A wise person once said, if effort is organized, accomplishment follows. I like that saying. A clearly and logically structured speech helps your audience uh, audience remember what you say. A logical structure also helps you feel more in control of your speech, and greater control helps you feel more comfortable while delivering your message on page 32 and 33. So every well-prepared speech has three major divisions, the introduction, the body conclusion, and on my speech evaluation form, I also have introduction, body, and conclusion, and then also the presentation as well. So, so you will have to follow that, that format. And on page 33 and 34, they give a sample um, outline, uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going to refer you to a, a, another page in the book in regarding outlining. So, um, a better outline is on uh, page 176, 177, 178. So that will be uh, a speech preparation outline. So you will be required for your informative and two persuasive speeches to uh, complete an outline. And that would be the, uh, the example or format to follow, page 176 through 178. Not the one on page 34. It's not a bad one, but the speech preparation outline, um, 176, is much better. Okay, moving on. The next step is rehearse your speech. So do the best you can. Um, it says here, if you practice your speech as if you were actually delivering it, you'll be more effective when you talk to your audience. So do the best you can to, to do uh, rehearsing and practicing, if you can, with a live audience would be great. Deliver uh, your, is your final step in the process, and that will be when we, uh, you deliver it for, uh, for the class, and that will be the assignment that will be graded, evaluated. They're really, on page 36 and 37, there's a really good table uh, titled An Overview of the Public Speaking Process, and please um, take note of this because it uh, breaks down the, the, uh, these nine steps um, to the speech-making process, and it also gives you a little bit of information, and it also tells you in other chapters where you can find other information that will be very helpful in developing those points. So please refer to page 36 and 37, table 3.1. It's fabulous. Okay, that is the summary of chapter 3. And uh, there is a study guide here as well, and I do recommend after every single chapter that you do take a, a look at the study guide. The quizzes will be drawn from those specific chapters, and I would like you to know those. Okay. So there you go, there's chapter three, um, and this is Professor Tafano, and I'm out.